Welcome back to the Sunday show presented by the Company Burger located at 4600 Ferret Street. Before we get in the show, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We're talking James Borrego, not Jimmy Borrego. Jimmy, <laughs> we're going to call him Jimmy, Jimmy Borrego. Buckets, Jimmy Buckets. Um, Jimmy Numbers. We're going to talk Trajan Langdon, and then we're going to talk about DeAndre Ayton and Brooke Lopez and if they are actual targets for the Pelicans in the offseason. Once again, like, comment, subscribe. Let's get into the show. All right. Lead on Ross and Studio Chaz Virtual. How y'all doing tonight, fellas? It's all good, man. Happy to be here. Doing well. Thank God I'm not at Jazz Fest. <laughs> Jazz Fest is ending. I went there. <laughs> I went there on Thursday. It was daughter eat started eating sand five minutes in. We we're like, I good. probably need to get out of it's here. It's a great trip. It was really I'm good glad trip. we did that. Um, Chaz, <laughs> how's it going, up? I'm good, man. You know, gainfully employed. Just. <laughs> It's here, you know, so here on the side of the living. We'll go love that. Let's let's get into it. Um, all right, Mark Stein came down an article to, uh, a couple days ago, uh, talking about James Borrego, former head coach of the Charlotte Hornets. Um, he was with the New Orleans Hornets under Monty Williams and mm-hmm. Coach Willie Green. Uh, came out and said that he's seems to be a target for the Pelicans. Lito, we talked about this a lot. Yeah. We talk about changes. We want to see changes. Well, it looks like the Pelicans are actually trying to start make changes. Um, and I like Borrego. I, I actually dove into him a lot to, uh, today. And one thing that stood out to me are a couple things. One, um, offensive rating is last year in Charlotte, six in, six in the league, and they led the league in assists, which I think is a very big deal, especially with an ISO team ball like the Pelicans. Uh, second thing I loved to, to read about him is that he developed – young players and he's a player's coach, but he's not scared to hold players accountable. Um, if you add him to the staff, he will most likely take over X's and O's. Do you like, do you want to see him added to the staff? I have pros and cons. Okay. Go. All right. So my, my pros are some of the ones that you said, uh, he seems to be a, a really, um, he seems to be a really well-rounded offensive guy. Yeah. Uh, he seems to understand player movement and things like that. Um, the, the, the things that I wanted to highlight was, I think you said six, they finished six, six in offensive, uh, efficiency. All right, cool. Well, they finished six in offensive, in offensive efficiency. And like, I think they, so he developed the rookie of the year, Lamelo. Mm-hmm. I think Miles Bridges was most improved or either he was in the running mm-hmm. for most improved. Um, and then Lamelo became an all-star underneath him. And then you had like Caleb Martin and PJ Washington Caleb, as well. That, yep, because they had both of the twins. They had both of the Martin twins and Malik Monk. Malik, well, I don't, mm. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, same I, now. I, I thought, I thought, I really, I thought Malik was on, on the way out the league on that team. Like I, I, I really did. Um, but PJ Washington, Terry Rozier. Um, so he's known for player development, and he has a similar style, like pop from everything that I read about them. But here's the cons. There were numerous reports where many of the players were unhappy with their minutes. Melo came out and he said, you know, one day I'll get the keys to this organization and then I'll really be able to show what I can do. Immediately after that, James got fired. Uh, The other thing was Shams had a report on him where ownership felt like he didn't hold young players accountable especially on defense, and there was a lack of uh, – reportedly a lack of respect in the locker room. And then there was a, a subset to this article that said James Borrego's lack of patience for young players as a team extended even to all-star LaMelo Ball. So that kind of gives me con- concern because, I mean, this team doesn't need any more uh, lack of accountability. Guys <laughs> in the locker room, like, so 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 that but, – but on the off- offensive end, if Zion Willie – uh, Bi are going to control the locker CJ whoever right control the locker room then we shouldn't have those issues and I will welcome any type of offensive mind to to lead us forward yeah and uh, Ross I think in in that report they talk about defensively he, he's one of the worst in the league well good thing he doesn't have to worry about defense he has to worry about just strictly offense um, what do you like about him his you know kind of his system 
you know, we talk about he, he's had some offensive talent, LaMelo Ball. Um, what, what do you think he can bring to the staff? Well, it's obvious. And I think he just, Lito just kind of talked about it, right? When, <clears throat> when you look at Willie Green, and, and I feel like I've, I've sort of been on this train for a little while that we know what he so far can do. And we know, I think, what needs work. I still think that from just a sort of player perspective, like I'm okay with Willie and you've got to remember he was a defensive assistant in Phoenix. Their defense got better. He came here, took over a really bad defense. We improved two years ago this last year. We were in the top 10 or whatever. Well, like he's a, and he was a defensive minded player. Like he's a defensive oriented coach. That is his, I think that's his forte. And then he layers on top of that. I think doing a, Decent job, pretty good job with sort of player relationships. What does this team need? This team needs someone offensively. And we were sort of clamoring for it earlier. Like, where's D'Antoni at? We heard he was like part of this, but like none of us have seen him. Is he, you know, is he just sort of like phoning in every now and again? I think Borrego fills the obvious need. I don't care so much that some of the negative things that Lito just mentioned. Can he coach offensive basketball? And if the answer to that question is an unwavering yes, then I think he's the type of guy that I would want. The fact that he has a little bit of head coaching experience, I think is good, even though, even though he hasn't really been a successful head coach. I think just being in that seat and understanding some of the things that come along with that, Willie is still inexperienced. Yeah. He's been coach. I mean, I think the year, maybe he had a year in Golden State as an actual assistant, I think. As he started in like player development, maybe he got a year there and then two in Phoenix. And now he's been a head coach. Like he's still, I think getting his feet under him as a, as a head coach, he needs someone that can help, especially on the offensive end. And, and to me, it seems like Borrego fills that right. He's been on some really good staffs, him and Udoka at were under pop, right. Yeah. That was a, that's a, that was a great staff. Like he's been with the right people. It hasn't worked with him as the head guy. That doesn't mean, that he's not still an elite offensive assistant coach. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you a little pushback before I get to Chaz because successful, I mean, I guess define successful, right? Because did he win a playoff game? No, uh, but he did take a 23-team win in 2019 to 43. I agree. And, and, and Chaz, we talked about this for a while now. We need guys on the bench that have experience, especially in head coach. I know it's been three years, but Chaz, when you see the growth in Charlotte with wins, uh, you see that he can he can be an X's and O's guy. Do you like the fit with Borrego and, and Willie Green's staff? Um, you know, I, I've always been a fan of Borrego, right? I think when he was, I think I believe he was with this organization at one point. Yeah, and I was I was yeah. really disappointed when we lost him. I was like, I, I really liked him. I think I watched him a little bit um, when he was in Orlando. I think um, really really solid coach. Um, I just think they're a day late and a dollar short with this move. I think this was a move you made. Um, this off this past off season going into this year, I think now personally, I, I don't necessarily believe this is a tactical. I believe Willie's a poor tactical coach, but I don't even think um, tactically you can fix this team right now. I think a lot of what's happening with this organization is psychological. I think there's a lot of personalities uh, clashing. There's a lack of respect in the locker room. There's a overt lack of chemistry, and of course, there's a lack of help. It's a lack of a plan from the top down. And I think if you hire Baregno, it's kind of, you know, I think he would be a good acquisition to the staff. But I also think you need to be bringing in the successor head coach. I think you need to be bringing in the future head coach of this organization. I think it's time to, you know, grasp firmly a plan. You need to have a, a plan moving forward. I don't think you can just go into this next year counting on Baregno to fix his offense and, um, you know, because even if he does come in, he fixes the offense. I'm not sure. You're going to have one more person who's anti-play young player. You know, that's just going to be one more one more person who's not respected in the locker room. So how is that going to hinder, you know, some the Trey Murphys? Uh, how is that going to hinder? If you happen to make a draft pick, how is that going to hinder that person? If you retain Jax, how is that going to hinder that person? You know, there's a lot of um, – it's a lot of things the way it starts to appear like you're putting a band-aid on this situation. Personally, if if they do bring in Baregno, which I, I will be okay with, I think you also have to bring in 
another guy who would eventually become the official head coach, if not next year, maybe the year beyond. Yeah, I, th- I think that, yeah. We, do y'all think Willie's the, the future? I mean, in my opinion, I do, Chaz. I think that – I think he needs a little bit of time. And, and I don't think that Griffin really – because, right, if you talk about it, if you think about it, Stan Van Gundy came in and he got fired that first year, right? And then we had to keep that coaching staff and then we're still been, been paying Stan Van Gundy. So I feel like Willie Green hasn't been able to – Pick his staff. Why do we have to keep a coaching staff? Though? Well, you don't have to, but you're just wasting money. I mean, I mean, Gales wasted money on Alvin Gentry, wasted money on Sam Van Gundy. Then you have Casey Hill who came in. You had so uh, you you fire the coach Tisha, because you, you didn't like these. you didn't like the coach's philosophies, but you keep the philosophies of the assistant coaches who were with. Well, that's why that's why I think that I think Willie this this offseason is important because Chaz, I don't think he could have done that last year. Because he was handcuffed, in my opinion. And I know that you're probably going to say he brought in Collins. Yeah, that's one assistant coach. He's starting to see more more and more Warriors um, personnel coming in. But I think now you're starting to see maybe more changes to the staff. And I think you got to, like, see it through. I I really do. I think that Willie finally has to be able to to pick his guys. Well, you know – I actually wasn't going to mention the Collins thing. I, I was going to mention, you know, the, the major elephant in the room is that Willie Green wasn't the first choice. Like, they didn't want Willie Green. He was, like, the fourth choice. <laughs> like You know, it was Stan, it was Jacques Vaughn, it was Charles Lee, and then it was Willie Green. Like, Willie Green was just like, all right, come on. And, you know, at some point, you know, the, the, the chickens came home to roost. <laughs> like, you know, it's... At some point, you kind of you you've seen you you've seen the results of that, and it's not that Willie can't grow and blossom into a better coach, but it's, it's like it's kind of like watching a player when you see a player who's really really raw and athletic, and he has some games where he drops forty points, then he has some games where he drops five. You can say you know once that player figures it all out, he's going to be a hell of a player. With Willie Green, he doesn't his rotations are poor, his timeout management is poor. The guys aren't always prepared to play. And he just doesn't have the answers when you ask him simple questions. And it seems like he's just a man without a plan. And I don't know how much of that is his staff. I don't know if the staff has to tell him, hey, you know, they just went on a 20-0 run. You might want to get a timeout here and, you know, just to stop some of that momentum. I I don't know what a staff, how a staff really cares that. Um, And, you know. Well, I I do think staffs – in the NBA are more of game plans. Like that is like, that is more of the staff. Like when you talk about game plan and not coming off the plane and being ready to play Chaz, yes, that is a reflection on the head coach. Don't get me wrong, but that's also staff. Like the staff is, is uh, scouting games ahead in order to then, and then giving the game plan. Right. And so Lito, do you, do you want to see, what do you want to see from Willie this year? That would, I think we can all say that last year, it wasn't, or this year, I guess you would say, but it was a failure, in my opinion. It was, a, it, it was a failure, just from top bottom. But what do you want to see from Willie and, and hopefully his new staff coming in? I, I can't say. I, I thought you were going to just give me one word because I'll tell you, my, it was, it, it would be accountability, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's no, what I would. Want. That's what I was going with. It for sure accountability. I want to see accountability, ability, but I also want to see ad- adaptability. I want to see. Ability to to change uh, something that's not working mid game. I want to see, um, you know, quicker lineup rotations. I want to, I, and I want Willie to have control of that. I don't want if Willie's gonna be judged on his performance. I want him to have the reins over the team to have to to, to make his mark to say this is what I want. This is what I want to do. Instead of, I want to. I want less micromanagement from Griff on Willie. Go ahead. I want Willie to. I want Willie to be able to hire who he wants on his staff, play who he wants. Because um, if I mean, if you remember, I think me and you had this conversation last week about, like Chad just said, uh, Jacques Vaughn, and the whole idea was trying to sell Jacques Vaughn on uh, uh, Kira and no backcourt, and that's one of the reasons why he didn't take the job because it was it was so much hands on from the front office. And uh, I think Willie's gotten stuck holding the bag. You can look at press conferences, right? Is Zion going to play? Well, 
I think he should be, we should know by Friday, right? And then, you know, Friday comes, Friday comes and, like, right? right? But but I think that makes Willie look bad. A hundred percent. You know, and I don't think some of that's fair. Like, that's not fair. Exactly. Exactly. That's, so that, that's basically what I'm saying. Like, I, I feel like, you know, if we want Willie to succeed, got to give him the keys. Like LaMelo said about Borrego, <laughs> give me the keys to the, give me the keys to the team. Let me, let me run it how Ross said Willie was a people's, uh, 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 a leader of men in so many words. I agree with that. Now the exit knows. I feel like the same way about Monty Williams. When he was here, he was not good at that, right? Time off, time away from the game, being on other people's staffs. It gave him the ability to see what he wasn't doing, right? Also having available superstar players in Devin Booker, right? Helps. So, you know, I feel bad for Willie on some, some fronts. Uh, I mean, availability, man, like, if the if the guys aren't playing, like, there's nothing Willie could do, right? Like we said last week. But but there are adjustments I feel like, you know, could have been made. We, we said the 10-game losing streak, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, man, I, I, accountability is, is a big one for me. We just, you can't – we can't – and, and I, I know we it's hard to fight it, and we, we did it last time, but we, we can't get caught up in the – all the time looking at the results of, of last season and saying, well, players play – you know, if, if – if Zion's here, if Zion's here, if Brand's here, if Brand's here. Because some of it is style of play, and I think that's really what the, the impetus is behind these coaching changes that we're looking at is getting a more consistent identity and style of play. We're not going to win anything if Zion or, and Brandon don't play. Like, we get that. But I think you can build towards something that is more consistent and predictable if we're playing a better style and, and, everything, and we're playing the same way every night. And I think that's yeah. like that's the important thing to think about. It's not a what happened last year or are we going to win games? Like, no, no one's going to win games. Like, you're not going to win an NBA championship without your superstars. It's not going to happen. But you can continue to build towards something when those guys are out if if we're playing the right way and we're playing, you know, we're doing that every single time down the court. Um, and so I don't know. That that's the way I kind of think about it. But th- I'll just just want to go back to one thing Chaz said and. and I disagree with with some of it, but the one thing that the, there's one point that it's hard to when I start thinking about well he doesn't have any experience right Willie's still learning doing all this stuff and it's like Joe Mazzulla just stepped in at mm. 35 years old or whatever with no experience and didn't know he was going to be coaching this team as a head coach like a month and a half before the season and looked like he's been a head coach for I don't know 10 years or whatever and, and, and do you think it's worth it sorry and I'm and, 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 and that's what I'm saying it's like you've got to balance those two things though right because the Celtics are a demonstrably better team than we were with veterans playoff experience guys that know how to play toughness like they, they've got a really good team yes that's all true but like their coach who had absolutely no experience like also just looks like he knows what the hell he's doing why do you think that because the way they play, I think the effort they play with night in and night out. Do you think it's more of a player-led? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking away anything from Missoula, no, but I'm just saying. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. Part of it is players. Part of it is you've still got the guy that sort of built some of this. Brad Stevens like probably is doing a little more maybe in the background this year with Missoula. Like, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm just saying when you watch games, he's another young guy that didn't have a lot of experience that, you know, and players help. But, you know, that's the one thing I guess I'm weighing against – when I think about the experience factor, it's like, and not everybody works on the same like experience curve. You just brought it up. I, th- I think Monty's a, a really good example for what Willie looked like early on. Like I, we saw what Monty was like here. I thought that was the, one of the worst. I thought he was running some of the worst offensive basketball that I had seen. Took a little time away, was an assistant, and then kind of showed back up in Phoenix and reinvented himself. I think, uh, you know, doing some different things. So, it's not that Willie can't change and get better. I think he has some of the tools that I would want, like some of the the personality traits I would want in a head coach. But we need stronger assistance. And I'm I'm ha- whether it's and to be to be fair, I don't think we're going to get Borrego. Like, you don't it, think so? You no, think it sounds like, head coach. No, it just sounds like he's being really, really highly sought after. And and I mean, we traditionally haven't been people's first choice. I mean, I just that's not me talking bad about the franchise. It just is a fact. We traditionally haven't been people's first choice as a player or a coach. It sounds like the Nets want him really bad. I think the, I want to say is Dallas pushing really hard. Dallas pushing hard. Houston, and, I think Chaz. Houston, Houston was wanting him as a head coach. Maybe is that correct? Or that they, they were? They, hired they got Ime. No, I know they. Yeah, I they know hired, they hired, yeah, they hired him, but I'm Ime, saying they, that 
that yeah, he apparently his radar. they said they re- he really uh, thing I read I think yeah. he really impressed. Oh, him I, did, he really I didn't know thought that. about it, and and are really targeting him as a elite assistant. So I, I mean, I don't think we're going to get him, but I think someone like that fits the bill. Chaz, you want to add anything to that? Um, I think they'll probably wait till after the um the playoffs have wrapped to make um you know add make those uh, official add-ons, but um. I don't know, man. Like, uh, no, like Ross pointed out with Monty, it took Monty. Um, Monty was here for a few years, and then um, he had to take some time away to actually yeah. kind of hone his craft. And this is a guy coming from, you know, the pop system. Um, you know, from that learning tree, and I just, I just don't see a lot of tangible things with Willie that makes that makes me think like, damn, do we have like the time like like do i do we have three years for you to figure it out because it's, it's it's gonna like you're talking about years at this point like and i even think regardless of health i um i look at zion and brand they played about 79 games together this year Can, you know you couple that with some of the guys um on this roster additionally i i, I still think some things just don't reflect a poor staff to me like benching trade not playing jv you know there's certain things scream to me like yo this is this is who you are like this is kind of what you do now he could learn from his mistakes and um graduate of course you know but um i think this being such such a critical year i think after after this year you're blowing it up anyway like if if it don't work this year it's over so i think uh you 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 gotta bring his assistant yeah (laughs) i I didn't mean because we talk about missoula here but we talk about missoula uh he has tatum and brown <laughs> you know like he he's had his stars and marcus smart now horford yeah and, and like, like he's had his veterans and yeah. so i feel like we could go on this all day but chaz i want to ask you this do you think that with with a healthy roster right do you think that if if willie had zion brandon cj for 60 plus games that we're talking something different or do you think that we're still facing the same problems because you can at least admit it's hard to win games without your star players. And when you get miss Brandon with 30 games with a toe and Zion with 40, whatever it is, 50 games with a, with a hamstring, that's mm-hmm. tough. That's tough, especially on a second year coach. Yeah, it's very tough, but you know, you would think that a coach would lean on his more talented players in that situation. And you see, Willie, talking about Jonas, Jonas and Trey, and you, you see, Jonas, you see Willie consistently shy away from leaning on the more talented players or even playing a guy like Kyra, what happened in the playoffs. And this is like the most recent incident, you know, playing Kyra in the first quarter, playing Jax. And this is like, to me, Willie's just a guy who's just completely in over his head. Do you think that was his call? Do y'all think that was his call on Kyra? Or do you think as a staff, they were like, all right, Willie, we got to go with Kyra right here. But but my, my thing was, yo, if you, you, you can't keep, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this guy being a head coach if he doesn't do anything. Like, how at, at a certain point, it's just like you don't have any duties as the head coach. It's never your fault. It's going to have to be the perfect situation for you, you to succeed. Def- you don't think you he know? has some defensive duties, like as they're like game planning and doing it? I mean, he's traditionally oh, yeah. a defensive yeah, coach. Yeah, I think yeah. that's unfair, probably. Po- possibly, yeah. I, but, you know, they kind of herald Collins as the guy. I don't – oh, hmm. Fred Vincent. I don't even know at this point. But it's I just was, I, I know Collins is rotations. I've seen him multiple times yeah. on on TV. Like, all right, you're in, you're in, you're in. Like, I know for a fact. But just a, a, a go back to your question to, to Chaz. Would we still be in this spot if Zion? I, I think you would absolutely still be in this spot in terms of looking for a lead assistant sure. slash offensive yeah. assistant because we because we, we talked about this when they were playing earlier. It took us half the season to get in. You know, it took Zion 15, 20 games before we you know we kind of saw the point Zion thing again. We really weren't playing like aesthetically pleasing basketball when everybody right. was there. Yeah, we were winning. I mean, you're going to win games tr- for the most part when Zion plays. Like that's just how it's going to work. Like you're going to win. But you're talking about building up to something in the playoffs and you can't just kind of roll the ball out there on offense in the playoffs. Like you just can't do it, even with really good players. And I think you still would be in this spot of like, hey, how can, where can we get better? Sure. If, if, if no one gets hurt and you win 50 games, I still think you're looking at this spot saying, all right, where do we need to get better? And for me, if you go back and look at the season, it would have been the same obvious, like, hey, we need somebody in this spot, a lead offensive assistant. Can I ask one last final question? Yeah, go ahead. Do you guys think Willie would be as regarded as highly as he is if it wasn't for the fight speech? 
honestly. Is he like that highly reg- I mean, I, I, no, I mean, no, you know, like amongst right. the fan base and you know, the media, he's Will is like a media darling. Like you never really hear anyone because the injuries he's ha- he's had to deal with. Yeah, uh, my my answer to it is, I don't I don't think the fight speech had anything to do with it. I think he just is a pretty likable. I, I think like externally outside of basketball, mm-hmm. my hunch is that he's a, a really likable guy. He seems to have some good relationship like people other coaches outside of the organization seem to speak highly of him Kerr seems to like him Monty seems to like like he seems to have a good relationship with a lot of people outside of the organization I think he's a well-liked guy and as a player I think he was pretty well and I think he was yeah and and, and like I mean he doesn't like he's clearly you know for for whatever this is worth seems to be kind of like a man of faith or whatever he doesn't cuss a lot like I think he's just probably like a pretty nice guy that's my hunch I think he would still be thought of as like people aren't going to give him too hard of a time for those non-basketball reasons. That's fair. I've highly regarded. I, I don't know if he's highly regarded. I, I think that, I think he's regarded. <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, and I ain't trying to, I'm not trying to shit on I'm just saying like, if, if I'm looking at the coaching hierarchy in the NBA, I, I really don't think that, I can't say he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. And no, this is not, I, I mean, for like people, kind of give him the benefit of doubt. Yeah, yeah. To rephrase say, your question, like he doesn't get he doesn't get shit on. Like when they're when bad things happen, and we're all sitting here saying like somebody's probably gonna ask some tough questions in the post game, and some of that Chaz, is just New Orleans media. Like, like we're traditionally yeah. And, I mean, not that tough on like they're well, just not that tough on coaches and players. Even right nationally, now. it's like you know the net like oh Willie's gonna have these guys out here ready to play. You know, this guy, this team, one thing about this team is they play hard every night. And it's like, that's not, that's, that's not, not accurate. Yeah. You don't watch this team. That's not, that's not accurate. Yes, sir. I, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. I feel like, like, I felt like at the beginning of the year, I know we weren't playing a pretty brand of basketball. I, I still thought we were playing our asses off. Like I, I vividly I remember Chaz. I remember when Zion got hurt, Brandon got, did they both miss the Mavericks game? It was like game five of the year. Yeah. They, they, they both, both missed it. that. And we we're like, Luca was coming in and all they like, we were going to get our ass kicked. And we, we like showed up and won. And like, it was like one of those wins, like, well, how, how did that happen? Well, it's cause we played hard. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think you lost that like mojo later on in the year. Um, now I, I don't know the problem there, but I, it's interesting. Um, let's get to the next topic. Uh, Lito. Yes, sir. Man, you brought up a topic a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, like I thought you were like kind of like bullshit. And then I started really, really thinking about it. And I'm like, could the Pelicans actually land Brooke Lopez? And I looked at his contract, and you start seeing rumblings coming out of Milwaukee, right? They fire Bud, which I thought was – listen, I'm, I didn't think Bo was a great coach. I didn't think he deserved to be fired. Um, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, you start seeing Giannis, right? He, he might be leaving, and then they might big, break up big three and so on and so forth. Do you think that the Pelicans actually have a chance at Brooke? Because if you think about it, and you made great points, elite rim protector – 30-something, 38, 39% from deep, veteran, uh, not a defensive liability. Multiple-time defensive player of the year. Why, if we're not going to use Jonas, should he not be at the top of the, top of the list? <sighs> so, so, I mean, I think it is. And he would have to want to come here. That's, that's the biggest He would thing. have to want to come here, but it, it really all boils down to usage. What a, what a, what a championship multiple time contending championship player like would he want to come here and and also i think that in a meeting he probably would want to talk about his usage you know what i'm saying like he played against us he's seen how we use val so i think that had to be that would have to be a concern i mean brook is i think brook is 36 so he's in the twilight of his career i think he would want to go somewhere where he has the opportunity to win the ring and i'm not saying that that couldn't happen here the roster would would indeed need to fill out and I think Brooke will bring the defensive, like if you let him quarterback it, like let him talk it out and and put guys in position. And then you put the type of players around Brooke on a perimeter where it, if he gets beat, if they get beat, he can, you know, protect the rim, but also they can cover up like in a, in a pick and roll. Like you, you see a lot of times like JV got left out to dry. Guys weren't like hedging hard enough. Like they weren't getting... They weren't they weren't doing their job like it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a two way street, um, but I I think man, I think Brook would be an excellent addition. Um, you know you 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 talk about a floor spacer, 
I mean, a man who's seven foot shooting 39% from threes, he gonna do it every time. Like that's 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 what he does. And then also have the ability to score on a block. Like he's a, he's a 20 point uh a game score on a block when he's with the Nets multiple times, all-star. Like he's he's a he's a he's a stalwart in that position. He's a he's a foundation on a block. He was just able to expand his game. Um, because you know, of course, playing with Zion and possibly Brandon, you don't get the opportunity to get many looks on the block with this team. We we just we I think that people need to understand that whatever big comes to this team, you gotta understand they not go look however they look wherever they were at. It's just not gonna happen because that's not how that's how Zion operates. I mean yeah. I, I'm I'm I'd like I don't want Brooke Lopez for for a really? lot of reasons. Yeah, I, I don't like I don't see the fit. I, I think he would look a lot like Jonas looks here. I really do, because because the way we defend, he's going to find himself in the same slow-footed switches that Jonas finds himself in, and like you don't really want Brook Lopez guarding uh, any point guard. Like you've got to remember who he's playing with in Milwaukee. So it's a st- style of defense and who he's playing with. Giannis, all defensive player. Drew Holiday, all defensive player. Chris Middleton may have made an all defensive team at some point. Jevin Carter, like the guys they're bringing in, Pat Connaughton, good defender. Jevin Carter, good defender. Like they're a different team. So such that Brooke Lopez really is kind of like just cleaning stuff up and protecting the paint. We don't necessarily have the same like team infrastructure around us. Like see when we got CJ and like Rannon's not that great of a defender and Trey's still learning. And like, it's just not, I think he would, I think he would look very similar defensively to how Jonas looks. Might block a few more shots, maybe. But I think he's going to find himself in a lot of isolation, high ball screens where, like, he's not going to look real good either. And offensively, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, I guess he's maybe a little better than Jonas. He probably shoots it a little better. Um, I, for me, at center, I'm looking for somebody that's more switchable. Like, I need somebody that if, if, if team, the teams can't just isolate and say, hey, we're going to run, we're just going to run this dude in a million ball screens. I need a center that's got quicker feet. That can that can protect the rim, but can also switch on to smaller guys and just do a better job mm. at, at the point of attack. That for me, that's what I'm looking for. I, I mean, I, I get it. Watching the you know looking at the numbers and watching Milwaukee play, like I I can understand the rationale of like he can shoot. He's a big guy that blocks shots. Like he should fit. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but my opinion is he doesn't. Interesting, Chaz. Um, I think Brooke would be a perfect complimentary big to a team that was closer to being ready. I think the Pelicans are, are still like a, a French play-in team. I think um I think even with was, the healthy Zion. I think I, I think they're a playoff team, but I don't think they're like a you know, <laughs> I don't think they're like a real threat. I, I think I think they're uh they're getting the playoffs and uh once you know it turns into the game that the playoffs really is i think you would see a different uh you'll see the tears become even more evident right but maybe not who knows right um but i think brooke lopez is probably better off it's like a kind of like when philly thought they were closer to being ready they brought in l harrington you know i think um yeah, oh, pardon me yeah horford yeah i don't know why i keep naming these uh old nuggets warriors players <laughs> but yeah um brought in uh l horford and um you know, things kind of things of that nature. I I I really like Brooke Lopez, but I, I would probably prefer to bring in, you know, do bigs by committee. I think you can get yeah, because you want to go you want to go cheap with that. Uh, yeah, some- yeah. I think you can bring in two three minimum guys, and um, each of them give you a little bit of something. Even if you get one guy, all he all this big can do is shoot, like Alex Lynn type, you know, or um, yeah, a couple guys like Nick, like uh, what's it not is it Nick Collins? Collins, no, nah, not Claxton. I Claxton, big money, but yeah. I, I I would like Claxton, but I again I, I think you could just do center by committee, bring in a couple two million dollar guys, bring over Carlo, and just go from there. This this is not a team that really emphasizes the uh, center position a lot, um to to its you know peril. But when you're talking about, I mean, you brought up money too. Like I don't like we're not going to be able to offer him any more money than anyone else would. Yeah. Like, I mean, he made I, what he made 18, I think it just gone off like 17, 18 million. Yeah, like you're talking about like recon, like you so now you gotta like you gotta somehow like salary dump. I mean, it's just a lot of moving parts to get Brooke Lopez sure. on this team. 
I, I don't I don't see it. Like I just don't even see him as an option I, for a lot I, of reasons. I, I agree with Chaz's point. Like I, I would like and and to some extent Ross's point, I would like I would like younger. I would like youth. Uh I would like cheap. Um I'm looking at guys like Alex Lynn, uh Jacques Londell, um Paul Reed, Xavier Tillman. You're a big Xavier Tillman guy. Like you, Xavier you, Tillman. you like he, Xavier Tillman. He made, he made me a he man. He he guarded AD as well as you could guard yeah. AD. You know what I'm saying? AD go get 25 and 12 regardless. But he made him. He made he gave him some very difficult games in that series. And you look at a guy like him who really didn't play throughout the year. You know what I'm saying? So I think that his market might not be as crazy as maybe he wants it to be. But I think you could slide. I mean, you you can't tell me he's not better than Jackson Hayes. Oh, no, I, I'm not – I think it's a – y'all all make good points. I kind of, I kind of agree with all three of y'all, to be honest with you. I, I like I like Chaz's point. I think you go cheap there at center. But then I think of – I was talking with my buddy Sean Haspel last night. Shout out Sean Haspel. But he mentioned DeAndre Ayton. And you mentioned young, athletic. Now he's not cheap. That's the only problem. Yeah. And you would have to move Jonas. You would have to probably move Cairo. You'd probably have to probably get off Larry Nance. And as Ross says, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here, but you've seen DeAndre Aiden. We know that him and yeah. Ronnie don't see eye to eye. We he's clearly been struggling. I think he's doing well tonight. Um, would you actually somewhat try to target DeAndre Aiden? Because I don't because here's the thing. So when he brought it up, I was like, Yeah, that sounds a good idea. I don't think him and Zion would fit though. This that is not the problem. The problem is gonna be that there's no point guard to get him the ball to make him look like DeAndre Aiden. When DeAndre Eaton played against us in the playoffs, he looked like fucking David Robinson. He was making mid-range jumpers. He was protecting the rim. like. But he had a guy in, in Chris Paul who's a floor general enough to get him in his spots. See, we No disrespect, but we got... We don't have the, a point guard. The purest point guard we have is Jose Alvarado. Yeah. And, and you know, the time that he's on the floor with Jax, he does make Jax look better. He makes Jax look like a basketball player, right? But... I think that we don't have we don't have the the IQ at guard facilitator wise for DeAndre Eaton. And here's the other thing: shout out to Lexi Brown. But after Lexi Brown said what she said about DeAndre Eaton, I kind of like I just kind of been looking at him differently, man. Like Lexi Brown, WNBA player, she just said he was just big and soft. Interesting, Ross. I like Aiden's fit a you, lot more than I like Brooke Lopez. Now that it, there's it, it, that one's interesting to me because I, I think about it from the Suns' perspective. Like, why would you, what is there? He wanted he asked. Yeah, sorry, cut Chaz. Did he? He, he didn't. He, he didn't signed want, an offer yeah, sheet. He, he signed an offer sheet. But if you're the Suns, right? Ignoring that, like if they're just trying to get rid of him, like if you don't want to be there and they're just whatever. Um, but you know, I think Chris Paul's unguaranteed next year. Yes. They have like five guys under contract for next year. Like I don't, you know, Kevin Durant has spent a lot of the last two or three years hurt. So if you're talking about like you got an old Chris Paul, you've got an old Kevin Durant. Now I mean these guys are Hall of Famers, but but still, um, and you 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 know you get rid of eight and you trade him to us for you know whatever. There's a chance like your team goes from a title contender to. Devin Booker shooting 40 times a game and like you're you're just in our spot. I don't I think they would have to like really be convinced that they were getting better to trade him. You think if we if we like you'd have to put together an offer that they're gonna look at this and say, Well, they're depleted of picks. They're depleted, yeah. right? Because they gave whatever. And they're was, depleted of players. And they're depleted of the bench. Um now, what does that look like? I, you know, is Kyra gonna move for the new needle? Probably not. I know. Like they're gonna probably ask for you swap, Jones, you swap, Trey J, Murphy, you swap in JV frame. Yeah, hundred percent. But the, the the salary doesn't match, right? Yeah, but that gets them out of some money, right? So that's, that's what I'm saying. Starting, get, that like gets out of money. Point, that, but so point. just ignoring. And I guarantee and, the Suns would take JV too. So like ignoring all of that, like the hurdles and just some of the the trickery to get him here. I think I actually think he's a a, a good fit, and and I think you know part of the problem. I, I but one I want to say he's always had a little bit of an issue with his role, right? I mean he's he's played a lot better when every, anytime Devin Booker is out. He goes ape shit. Um, 
and then Devin Booker comes back and then, you know, kind of some of his numbers get, you know, he becomes a little more pedestrian, but he's a more switchable center. He's quicker on his feet. You know, I, I think there's things that I, I'd like to see him do better, but it's hard not to think about that series he played against us, watching him on the short roll, watching him just wear JV out from, you know, 15 feet. He's able to put the ball on the, you know, he's able to put the ball on the, the ground and do some things. Like I could see him and Zion being an unbelievable well, say, fit. To be, to be honest, Lilo, fit. like with guards, like, I would put the ball in Brand, Brandon and, and Zion's hands in a PNR with those two. I mean, because you know, like you saw what point Brandon looked like and you've seen what point Zion looks like. Like those are your two best. I, I, hate, guards. I, I hear you, but let me just say this. What what game did Zion get hurt? Philly, Philly right? January 1st. That was game second, 20, uh, 34. That was game 34? That was the first time they ran a JV Zion pick and roll. Yeah. I mean, that's but that goes back to the point of hopefully updating the coaching staff. That That's where now I don't and, – and also, Willie's got a couple years with Aiden under his belt. I mean, I, listen, whatever the team need to do to get better, I, I'm not opposed to it. Do you think Aiden makes us better? Yes or no? Are Zion and Brandon healthy? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're fully healthy. Oh, all does, right. Does DeAndre, Aiden <laughs> make, does DeAndre Aiden make the New Orleans Pelicans better? I don't know if he makes us better. I think he probably makes us – I think we, we're, we probably, we're probably better defensively. Like, th- here's the thing, though. Aiden don't block shots either. No. But can he affect shot? I'm not looking for a shot blocker. I, I hate the whole rim protection thinking like it's it's like it's like you're blocking shots. I do it's are you affecting shots, right? And like, are you deterring and, and are you deterring layups I'm, before they ever get like right. like and it's what I meant by it you've got it for me, like the first thing defensively, right, is you you got it, you can't just be like where who's the easy target for us right now? Like we're just putting JV and pick and rolls. But yeah. you just you can't do that with eight. So like you've got to do other things, and now they may find teams may find other ways to beat us, but you at least eliminate that singular like that singular easy to get to event. Right, it's easy to run a high ball screen where JV has to come up there, and next thing you know he's he's in a, a like a he's guarding someone else's. You know, Aiton is just lighter on his feet. He's quicker. He can do more defensively than than JV can. And do you so think he's he a stops. better offensive player. Think- uh, I think I think he is a I think he's a better offensive player for what we're trying to do. Yes, because like we don't just dump it down to JV anyway, and I, that's what I'm saying. I think he's a lot better on those little short rolls where JV just would get get himself in those weird spots where he, he picked up a ton of charges. He wasn't real good at putting the ball on the ground. I think Aiton can do a lot more from six seven feet in terms of floaters. He's much, I think Aiden's a better passer in those situations than JV. Cool. Like, I don't Jayden know if he's a better double team. So. I don't know if he's a better, like if you just looked at like raw numbers and efficiency and stuff like that, but for what we do, I think he's a much better player. With, fit with let's, us. let's get Chaz. I, car- oh, I want to get Chaz and we'll go to you. Go ahead, Chaz. Uh, I think, I think Aiden's a lot better than me. Cause I certainly would have brought up Lexi Brown's, uh, Whopping uh, seven points, two rebounds, and two assists. She would have. I didn't hear him. the comment. I, I, what I was it said? Lexi Brown yeah. was killing it. When? Yeah, she was. She was. It's a podcast with Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. This recent? Yeah, this is like last week. Yeah. Lexi, Lexi would have had to call. She would have to call No Chill Gale. Say, please call DeAndre Aiden and have let him stop talking bad about me. But not. But all that to say, I, I think Aiden is an incredible talent. I do think. Um, Chris Paul is probably one of the major reasons that DeAndre Ayton has um, excelled. Um, I like the idea of Brandon and Zion in the pick and roll with um, Ayton. If you bring in um, an offensively uh, tactical coach, I think that's something that would look really good. Even defensively, I think a lot of times there's guys give more effort, man, when they, they touching the rock and they getting a chance to, you know, take some shots. They just give more effort, you know, Ayton, another form of number one pick. At this point, I don't think he's peaked at all. I think his ceiling, his offensive ceiling, is probably much higher than JV's. Sometimes he just probably doesn't care, to be honest. Like he's probably just not out there giving a hundred percent a lot of the times. And and also, if he don't like Monty, he gonna hate Monty's spawn. You know, he he would he would hate Willie Green. Like he don't like Monty, he would loathe <laughs> Willie Green. I don't look. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't like Monty. I, I didn't like Monty. 
when but, here or yeah, in no, I didn't like here, here, here. Oh, yeah, I, I mean show rookie head coach and, yeah, yeah yeah but see I, I, I had to grow to dislike him though right I I immediately disliked Willie Green I like oh no 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 I saw them signs early so I can't imagine Aiton coming here and kind of embracing the situation unless unless he's officially the third option. You know, unless CJ embraces the bench role, you know, you got Trey or maybe potentially Herb on the wing. And um, you you give you give Aiden the ball and let him give him, you know, a chance that a number one pick deserves. Like the guy deserves a chance to, you know, contribute offensively. You forget that Aiden's 24. I was I was literally just going to say. I was just you, you was done? My bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Sorry, Chaz. Yeah, I, I, I just thought about it. And also, I don't know if you're like, this This Jokic thing's out of control. He just elbowed a fan in the throat. Oh, he, he elbowed the owner of the team. That's the owner of the team? Yes. Man, okay, was holding the ball. Like, let go of the Jeez. damn ball. All right. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that. Uh, go ahead, Lita. I was going to say, he a career 14 and 10 guy. He probably averages a block a game. He, I mean, look. If you can acquire the talent, you acquire the talent. Um, especially on, I think JV's contract is is up next. Yeah, he's got one one left. Yeah, one he's left. now. You know what I'm saying? Like you probably will be more valuable to Phoenix at this point. Um, I think now nah, does JV make Phoenix better? Hmm. You know, I don't know. It's Chris well, Paul playing. It just depends. Like, I, and then the thing is too, like Book is averaging, I want to say seven seven assists a game. I mean, this is not a Phoenix Suns podcast, but like he's 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 a hell of a facilitator, and I'm not saying that we don't have anybody on the team that isn't. But like, what 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 is Zion average in assists? I don't have it. Uh it's gotta be like I'm sure it's like five or six. I'll, I'll look it up for you. Um, but yeah, I I, I think Brooke. It's interesting hearing y'all's different thoughts on it because I thought about DeAndre Ayton more last night. And I was like, I would like it, but I don't know how you get there. Um. What's his salary? That like thirty two. Oh yeah, I, I, th- I think it's easy to get that. I, I think it's, yeah, he, he's not that difficult to acquire. It's in terms of making ma- salaries match. It's what can the, you get the talent? Phoenix? Well, do you think Phoenix is going to want draft picks? Because I was thinking about it. You said they have they'll have like yes. five guys. They'll have five or six guys on contract, right? Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I think I think the way you go get De- DeAndre Ayton is you go out there and you use the salary and assets you have to get get Phoenix something they want. Maybe Phoenix wants a couple of role players and a couple of draft picks, which, you know, that's, that should be easy to do. And um, maybe they like a guy like Dyson. Maybe they, they see potential in Kyra because campaign, I mean, I mean, <laughs> Kyra, uh, you know, I, Kyra hasn't had much of an opportunity, but I think Kyra and campaign is, they're probably competitive at, at this point. And, um, I think yeah, you you can put together a nice package for a third team. Go get them a couple role players. Shit, you probably can call um the Clippers and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, give me um. Oh, you probably can send. What's my man? Um, uh, Norman Powell. Shit, I mean not Norman Powell. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. You might can send Gary Trent Jr. in salary to Phoenix. I'm sure Phoenix would love a guy like Larry Dance probably because they plan Bismarck Biombo right now. You know, Jackson Hayes would look incredible in Phoenix. And you ask me. I, I it's really that's what I'm saying. Crazy. What's interesting, I mean, I don't. My initial gut reaction to it is that I don't think he's that hard to get. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you look at where they're at this coming off season, it's like, damn. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I would, I'd, I'd yeah. have to have some certainty that Chris Paul is coming back. I would I, have I, to have, like, I would need to know what my team was going to look like at least next year before I could sign up for that. Because you just, if you're them, you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you've got. JV on an expiring, a bunch of random role players, Kevin Durant, who's, you know, whatever he is, 36, 37, mm-hmm. however old he is, Chris Paul, who could walk away at any point. And then you're, I mean, like, you don't want to find yourself in a spot where you're looking at Devin Booker and, like, you know. I think Chris Paul probably wants them a lot more than, than they want Chris Paul, to be honest. I, I think with, I think with Booker, Monty, and it being on the West Coast, I think, I think Arizona. You know, and they got new ownership who's probably willing to spend. I think Phoenix is going to be a free agent destination. So, no, I'm saying if you let if you let Chris Paul go, then it's kind of like, you know, I think if you got a guy, 
you know, give you 80% of what Chris Paul gives you and you round out the rest of that roster. Yeah. You know, you they still could be, I think they could still be pretty good because the foundation is there. Um, they gave away a lot moving Cam Thomas and Michael. And um, I and you look at Aiton, if you move Aiton, you know, I mean, again, he's not really utilized, so you probably can get similar production from a less expensive player, and you got mm-hmm. draft picks to bring over, and he's a distressed asset, and it's, that's really the only type of players the Pelicans are in the running for, are, are these distressed assets, um, and I, I think that situation is real messy over there, man, so maybe they just want to build on the foundation of Booker, who's taking another step, and, and um, what's his name, uh, KD, moving forward. I think I think Aiton is going no matter what. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Let's get to the last point. Um, we'll wrap up in the next five, ten minutes. Uh reports coming out that Trajan Langdon might be a head or a um main target for the Washington Wizards. Uh Lito. I- I'm I'm interested to see how this goes because I know Trajan was was hired as a general manager of the team, but I think we really know who is making all the moves. Do you think if we lose them, you know, what have you what have you thought of Trajan's tenure here in the last you know three years or how long has he been here? Three, four years? Four years, 2019, four years. I think. Yeah, four years. What, what, I know you want to talk about it. Um, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, man. Um Trajan, man. Nice knowing you. Um, it, it was a it was a pleasure to have you here. Uh DC, you guys got a good one. Take care of him. Uh make sure that you know he calls and writes. Um you know, for all his wonderful contributions that he's brought to these organizations, like we are, we are wholly in debt. Uh, I mean, I mean, who who could ever forget Nico Melli? Um, who we could in forget debt, Didi, all right. Didi Lozada? <laughs> who who could who could forget? You know, what I'm saying the 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 Derek Favors uh, signings, and then the immediate trades, and then the Steven the Steven Adams signings, and the immediate trades. Uh, who 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 could forget uh, picking Jackson Hayes eighth, uh, leaving Maxi on the board to twenty nine? I think uh, taking Kyra Lewis and then never playing Kyra Lewis. Like these 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 are things that like you you really like. This is this is a Hall of Fame career he cemented, and and, and I think that like we should really we owe DC a debt of gratitude just for them just being able to take our friend away from us, like. Guys, make sure you take care of him. But 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 look how good he did in undrafted guys. In second <sighs> round. I I look, my biggest thing with Trajan is I have no clue what he does. Exactly. I have no clue. And and, and I'm almost saying that, not even to a fault of his own. I have no clue like where his responsibilities start and stop. Whose fault never, is that? You never see him talk. I don't him? know if I've ever seen him actually in front of a He camera. talked at uh, Media Day this year. I oh. think he talks at Media Day every year, actually. And so you've got so this decision, like this decision-making box, and I don't know who sits in it. My hunch is that no one makes any decisions other than David Griffin. Like, I, I just, that, that's my your opinion. Hunch? That's your hunch? And so that's like, I want to blame, Tra- because, of his, because of his title, right. I want to blame Trajan for a lot of things that I see as failures in reality. Like I have no clue whether he's actually in charge of those failures. I mean, it's, it's fine. Well, can, if, like, can I push back person? on both of y'all about he's drafted Trey Murphy. He's drafted Herb Jones. He's drafted. Uh, nah, nah, I'm not, you're I'm, not I'm, giving, I'm trying to be, I'm trying, trying to go. You're not giving me the number one pick. You, you, you okay. can't do that. I'll give you, uh, I'll give you, well, Jackson was, you know, he's a project at eight. He was a value pick at eight. So of course, you know, we have to, uh, that way, um, and then Dyson's nineteen. Dyson is 19. oh, he's, 20, he's just twenty. 20 he just 20. turned twenty. So he's he's drafted. Yeah, Najax. Yeah, Zion, Kyra, Dyson, Herb, Trey, undrafted Jose, undrafted Naji, Nicole Melly. What's the guy right now? Chess Carlo, Didi Lozada, Carlo, Lozada, Carlo. So the the three overseas signings have not worked out. And is he in charge of free agents? Like, is he in charge of trades? Because that, that, that's, for me, the biggest, like, I don't, the draft is a coin flip. I don't, like, I mean, I haven't gone and, like, compared us in Trajan's right. time to other teams. My expectation of the draft 
is that you're probably not going to get a good player. Like but you just and you also probably know, not going to get one. But you know the city, New Orleans is not a free agent destination, right? Either. And that's what I'm saying. So, so it's 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 there's all of these things layered in for me. Like if you instead of taking the eighth pick every year, like if, were there opportunities to because we moved back at one point for Trey, and it, and that's so it's like there's who's making the decisions. I just for me it's almost like I don't care about. And I'm sorry to say like I don't care about Trajan because. In, I, Again, my hunch is that he actually doesn't really do much. Zylon Cheatham, Josh Gray. Um, hold on, we could go down the list. Trade uh, for favors, trade for Adams, trade for JV, trade for Bledsoe. This no, trade for Bledsoe? Yeah, trade for this on Najee Marshall, you know. No. I think um, um good, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I think man, uh, <laughs> I, I I think about this. The King Trajan was very close to go into the Sacramento Kings about a year ago, right? And the Kings, who didn't, you know, before, prior to um, those reports, didn't have a great history. They had a really good history of drafting, but they didn't necessarily have a great history of, like, you know, developing and honing, you know, guys' craft, and especially not winning. And um, <laughs> look at them now, you know. Uh, it's just I, I don't know if I see a similar – uh ascension with this team because the the picks just seem so random like when i i, I think about an overseas guy like kind of like you know guys tend to like draft players that mimic themselves at times like you know you you know you got a, a toolbox guy like dyson who doesn't have any tools in the toolbox to me that was just that's just such a unforgivable miss considering what was on the line for this particular season. Then you got the Kyra Lewis pick. Then you got um, Didi Desire, second round pick. So, you know, whatever, you know, second round pick. But, and then even with, um, cause we know the guy who scouted um, Herb and Dyson. And my thing is if you found Herb in the second round before, why would you try to get Dyson at eight now? You know, it, it's just, it's been so many, and just weird, weird, weird moves that have been made when it comes to player acquisition during Trajan's uh, tenure. I think it's it's time for just a nice clean break. Let's let's just, it's just we got to start moving on, bro. Like like I, I have to say that we have to start moving on. At a certain point, it's fucking year five. Like you know what I'm saying? You can't keep this keep you know sticking with the staff, sticking with the entire front office, sticking with the same just- ownership, same players. You got to kind of start like recognizing was not working like look Therese Halliburton great player in my opinion I, I think future top five top ten player in my opinion right they saw shit wasn't kind of, he was good shit wasn't kind of working he was the most valuable player but they like they saw an opportunity to get better in the short term they took it and look at him now so I, I think it's time to start moving on man it's gotta move on <laughs> like Ross anything yeah, I think that he makes a good point, and it's it's really more about what is the like. There doesn't seem to be any path. Like it just there's a sense of randomness to what we're doing in the draft. Like the one thing you hear about trading being in charge. I mean, I was being sort of, you know, cagey with what I was saying earlier. But like the one thing that I feel like you consistently hear that he's in charge of is the draft, right? Like I mean, at least at least that's the stuff I've read, and there just seems to be a sense of randomness and to, to, to what we're doing. Like I just draft. to Chaz's point, I don't get drafting Dyson Daniels. You already have Herb Jones on, on the especially roster. after you already whiffed on a on a on a project in Jacks. Right. A young a young project. guy who didn't have a lot like wasn't I forget was one of y'all like I don't want to draft another project. You can't just draft another project. It might have been you, Chaz, and so said like just please God, don't draft another project. Whatever you do. Because Dice is a project, Jack's a project. Do you think Kyra was maybe a project? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like Shane Sharp is Right there. Like, we know he's a bona fide score. Like right there. Went with Dyson. And, and I just and again, I, I it's more of <laughs> what are you trying to do? Like, are you just trying to take the best player available? And you thought Dyson was the best player available? Or were you drafting for some kind of like weird need that you thought with the team? I just I can never I I can't it's hard for me to look at it and say, Yeah, it seems like here's sort of what's going on behind. We talked about last podcast, we talked about Memphis. It, it's like seems obvious what Memphis is doing when they're drafting. And it doesn't, I just, it doesn't seem that way for us. I would have thought after hitting on Herb 
and hitting on in Jose second round and, and, the second, and getting guys like that that were veteran that that are played in college for, for three or four years and then those guys as rookies played and you went to the playoffs it, it just it didn't that that specific the Dyson one just you know I, I don't know there just sense, seems to be a sense of randomness to what we're doing and I would just like to see whether it's Trajan or somebody else or David Gr- whoever it is I would just like to have a better feel for like yeah here's what we're doing this is the type of player we get on a consistent basis. This is a type of like personality or this is a type of skill set that just no matter what. They they I mean they do have some consistency though. I mean, really on the draft one good player in the first round. So I mean, that is more often than not they do go for they target a particular thing. Chaz, yeah. that was the, I don't know, that was the point I was trying to make a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. It was like we draft better in the second round than we yeah. do the first round. That's like that's just a fact. You know, you know what kills me though. Yeah. I'm sorry, cut you off. The arrogance. He's just like, oh, you're gonna <laughs> learn a lot more about Dyson Daniels than you learned in one game. I'm like, no, I learned everything I needed to know in that five, ten minutes of summer league, bro. Like, just, I learned it all. <laughs> the, the Trajan thing. This because I saw, when that report came out, I, I popped on Twitter just to see it, and and it really is crazy how different, like, our opinion of what he's done in his time here is than other people that follow the team that I consider relatively close. And so like, there are like, we're, we are opposite of, of, of some other people following the team. And I, and it's hard for me to look at it and be like, I, why, why do you think, why does someone else think like, what does someone else see that we don't see that, that seems like Trajan has done a really good job. Like what, what would be the, the argument for like, that's the guy, like if you're the wizards, what do you, what are you looking at? You know, and it's it's these stupid arguments, too. It's like, come on, guys. How would you know how to draft if you can't sleep and you can't eat because Zion's hurt? Huh? How would you know how to look at film and who would fit this team when you can't you can't run practices because Zion, everything goes back to Zion? You can't I, draft. I'm so tired of it. Yeah. It's just like at some point, bro, like Memphis isn't like thinking about Ja. When they, when they bring in like Bane, Bane is like, what, like, who is this guy? Like, you know, like they probably thought this guy was like a, like a backup fringe point guard or something. And it's like, he's like an incredible player. It's just like, bro, at some point, you got to get winning players in the organization. You got to change it up, Chaz. Yeah. Like, you've mentioned it. Like, we've seen it now. Move you got to change It's not working. You got to change it up. I think the draft strategy really and truthfully, like, I, I get it. It's, a, it's not an easy, uh, it's not an easy thing to master, but no. I think the strategy should be draft the best player available. Right. I don't think yeah. it's mastering anything, Lito, but it's like you, you – I, I say mastering because they have this – like Chaz would say this arrogance that we're going to take this guy, this project, and we're going to build him up, and we're going to make him work. But well, you like, already failed in the last two projects. That's, that's what I'm saying. You have better players available. Really? You don't have to – you don't have to be uh, uh, Frankenstein. For, you know what I'm saying? Like you could just let them just come in and be them. Just, you know just saying? like this guy's like uh, I go back to Shaden Sharp. Like we we knew coming out like he was a just like he could score. You look at the bench. What do we lack? Scoring. It's like he would have been perfect coming off the bench and giving you some run. And I, I mean, I'm playing. He didn't want, the only thing with him, but, he didn't want to come here. But it doesn't matter, Lito. Like I'm sure, like it doesn't matter. Like, I drafted you. You have to come here. Like, I, I think. I think at least if you're going if you're going to draft these projects go for the most high ceiling guy possible every single time like cuz because no one's going to like you know free agents don't want to come here it's going to be difficult to manufacture trades cuz you don't have the salary but bro at least Go for like a ten every time. Like if it well, works out, after, like you have to 10. give credit work. Like you have to give credit to Trey Murphy. I, I don't oh, think yeah, that was yeah. right. in a weird right. way. In a weird, but but here's the th- the difference is I felt like Trey Murphy checked two of the boxes that we've just been talking about. Upperclassman, upperclassman with a lot Ready of college experience set. and and a skill and a like yeah. a, a known and measurable. Right. He can shoot, and he should continue to get better at shooting. Right. Those were those were knowns, and, and, and it's like you did the total opposite of that, it, and that's what I'm saying. It's it's there's no rhyme or reason to it, like to what we're doing. What like what is Dyson's before this year when we drafted him? Like what was the ceiling? What to give me a player? Like what would in there? And I'm talking you think in their head. Like what what is <laughs> when Trajan is when we're looking at Dyson? What were they thinking 
here's what this guy will be in three years. That's what, a really what, tough give me question. The, that's a me the really player. tough question. I, I want to know Herb, like, Maybe Herb or Alonzo. Herb with more offense or Alonzo. I don't. I don't want to say. Wait, it. I, you're gonna have to say it, but it is. I, I agree with that, Chaz. All I see is. No, no, I'm talking about before. Before we saw him play. Oh, all right, all right. Like, what do you think what when they were sitting comp? there? They're like, like hey, this, this is who this dude. I mean, we were told he was a point guard. Like, we were told. Right. Was, yeah. Which, like, which is just not true. And that's what that to me. You just you, we only have to finish the conversation. To me, that is 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 such a is such a negative that that's what we were told that he was a, he was a facilitator. This guy might play some point guard. He's a big point guard. He's only 19 years old. 20 years old. Sorry. He will never play point guard in the NBA ever. Ever, ever, ever. Really? Ever. Nah. He too slow. You know how to handle you know he, he not creative enough. But handle. guys, he's 20 years old. He's, and listen, we have to develop him. I, I we got to give the, him time. The first thing somebody's going to say, you guys are being, I don't know. I'm just telling you what the film say, bro. Like, I ain't, I don't have no feelings about uh, Dyson Daniels. I'm sure Ross doesn't or Chaz doesn't. We just literally saying, like, he does not have the, same way you feel about Lonzo, but Lonzo Ball did not have the creativeness to run a half court offense. He did not have the handle for whatever reason, whatever, all the hype behind him, he did not have it. So, nope. You know, you know. Wild? I watched Dyson in Australia. I watched him in the G League. I watched him in the Summer League. And I watched him in the NBA. He has not looked promising in any league he's been in. Are you saying promising on the offensive side of the ball? Or defensive? Yeah, no, no I, I, mean, defensively, I mean, offensively. I think defensively, yeah. he's an NBA. Yeah, defense. yeah, defensively, yeah. right? We can but all give him that, right? But, but offensively, though, as a point guard. But you can get NBA ready defenders anywhere. 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 They got in, NBA ready defenders in Juco. Like, you can get, you don't, you don't pick those guys eight. Now, the only yeah. hope for Dyson, because it's not a Dyson Daniels show, but the only hope for Dyson is you got to hope that Dyson. Has another growth spurt. You gotta hope that he 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 goes to like six ten, and maybe you have a, a four, a guy who's a three four. Because right now Dyson is like an undersized three four, and um, I just man, I, I I hate to keep saying it, I just don't know what they saw, bro. Like, what did you see? Well, time will tell. Um, we're gonna wrap it up. For, you know, especially since the beginning of the show, I had my notes right. We gotta mention Chris Connor. Happy birthday. Um, if you. Follow him if you know him. If you easy to see in the comments, make sure you wish him a happy birthday. Um, see Lito's we got a shout out Joel, Joel Venile, right? Is uh <laughs> actually no nah, man. Is that not? No, nah, nah, nah. Nah. Really? Yeah. I thought that was. Nah, man. This is a guy named Gabe. Uh, this is Gabe. Damn, I don't know Gabe's. I thought that was Jovenile. Gabe, Speaking of which, up, Gabe, there's up. a guy on your shirt. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mention his name. He will be coming on the show uh, in the next month or so. So we're excited about that. Um, can we? Do we have Gabe? I don't know Gabe's. Inst- I don't Gabe, know. His, hit us up with the shirt. I don't know his Twitter, but I want. I'm gonna make sure. Shit, I feel bad. I'm gonna make sure I find Gabe. But also make sure you follow Jovenile. He he does some great stuff as uh as well. Hold on, about- hold on, hold on, hold on. I got it. Got it. I got it. Is who it? It's who. Tf. Is Gabe four seven? Who the fuck is Gabe four seven? Yeah, I love how you, I love how like sometimes you're gonna curse. But I, don't, I, I, don't wanna, I, I always think about show. Lala. Like, nah, she's out on this show. Shout out, uh, Gabe. shout out, Gabe. So uh, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Love to hear your thoughts on Borrego. Love to hear your thoughts on Aiden and Lopez. Love to hear your thoughts on Trajan Langdon possibly leaving DC. Jimmy Numbers. Jimmy Numbers. Dyson Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see y'all Wednesday night. Jimmy two times. Jimothy. Later, guys. <laughs>